You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is Alexi Lawless. There is nobody in U.S. soccer that is more important than the Cooligans. Yeah, baby! What is good? What's up, everybody? A nice new Fresh Out the Box Friday episode of the Cooligans. Thanks to the Gully Squad. Yeah, yo. We on Friday. It's twice a week. You asked for it. You're getting it. And who you have to thank is Gully Squad, who you have to blame if you don't like this <laughs> us two twice a week. Exactly. It's Gully Squad. Yeah, they are the ones responsible. So get on them, not on us. Uh, thank you again for listening to the show. And uh, if you do want to join the Gully Squad and help support the show, go to soccercooligans.com slash Gully Squad. And welcome to the Cooligans. Your, uh, you, you, is, it, is it becoming your favorite podcast? You think that you think people are starting to uh, feel that way, Alexis? I think they are, we always have been. Okay, yeah. I think they're just starting to admit it to themselves now. You know, they're coming out to their families as yeah. Cooligans fans. That's right. First step of, of the 12-step Cooligans process is admitting you kind of like us. Uh, so yeah, good. <laughs> like, like Sagar did last week or uh, two days ago. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, so thank you. Welcome to the Cooligans, everybody. Uh, my name is Christian Polanco. My name is Alexis Guerreros. And together... Uh, we are the Cooligans, and we are your favorite, your favorite stand up, uh, your your favorite pod, your favorite soccer podcast. But it is not only the funniest soccer podcast that you've ever listened to, but it is also what it's the gulliest soccer podcast. Okay, and that in and the that, world, in the world, and that is the all based off the official endorsement, legal or not, of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. So right. no other soccer podcast is endorsed uh, illegally or illegally, uh, legally or illegally by Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. So, uh, so that's a, another good reason to listen. I mean, we you know we broke the galometer. What more do you want? <laughs> exactly, and uh, yeah. So it clearly, uh, you know, repairing it. The repairs, the 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 galometer bill is through the roof. So we gotta we gotta sort that out. So and here's another thing: we're gonna break every galometer, baby. <laughs> so uh, with these, so that for the next few weeks, you guys are gonna be listening uh, to to this show, and we're gonna be putting out a lot of the interviews that we did for. Uh, the United Soccer Coaches at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. We had a great time there. You heard us on on Wednesday talk about it. If you didn't uh, listen to that episode, hurry up and listen to that because that was uh, really interesting. We recap what the convention was uh, and, and you know and how much fun we had there. Now, yeah. And we- by the way, just again, if if you didn't know, it happens once a year. If you didn't already get your tickets, get your tickets for next year. I'm sure they're going to go on sale soon. It's fun for everyone. You don't just have to be a coach. You can get a day pass and just pick up a bunch of free swag. Adidas was giving out free shirts. Come on now. Free swag. Yo, you don't got to tell me twice. Okay. Son, it's the only reason we went. <laughs> That's right. You know, if there's free swag somewhere... All right, well, yeah, we'll we'll end up in Qatar for some wee free swag. That's <laughs> you fine. got you got no you have no idea how quickly we'll go to Qatar <laughs> for some free swag. And also, if you want free smoke, come get it. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna be putting out a lot of the interviews that we did. We did so many that uh, I, I I think we 
pretty much have about like we have about like two months worth of incredible interviews and we will we'll lead up to you know some of the bigger ones i know look that I, I in the in the facebook in the secret gully squad facebook group that may or may not exist there's already people that may or may not be asking for this Jermaine Jones interview. Yo, uh, people are fiending, fiending. for this. <laughs> All right, I'm like where I'm. I'm slightly worried for my life. Where I'm, I feel like, uh, uh, you know, like if just just holding on to it, you know, it feels like I'm I'm in I'm in real danger. Yo, it's might... like when you got like something nice for like Christmas or something growing up, and you were like, "This is so nice." I'm afraid to go outside with it. I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna break. Somebody's gonna come after me. Yo, Somebody's gonna... gonna try to take this from me. <laughs> Somebody's gonna take my Carhartt jacket, bro. I can't. I can't just walk outside with it. Can't have that. Like when you got that fresh starter jacket. <laughs> like, oh shit, the jacking these. <laughs> so that's what's happening to us. We're we're getting we're under we're under uh it's a real threat. I think we're gonna start we're gonna need some Alexandria Ocasio Cortez security around us because that's people, how <laughs> or maybe they're trying to hack into us like they did the DNC. <laughs> okay, this is this goes straight to the top. All right, <laughs> yeah, I don't care who's at the top, it goes all the way up there. <laughs> so look, uh we can officially announce uh we're gonna be uh putting out that Jermaine Jones interview next week. That that will be out on uh, on the 23rd uh of of january so in this wednesday coming up you you will be able to hear this interview uh with jermaine jones and jermaine jones has been in the news even more a little bit because things are progressing in his life so it's going to be really really fascinating here hearing us you're going to hear us actually talk about it and hear us actually have uh, a genuine conversation about how he how he feels about his own life, but also more importantly, how he feels about American soccer. Because this isn't what you know. TMZ can get all the all, all the dirt, right? Ever, but we 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 do it in a classy way. But we focus on on what's important, which is which it's a little bit of the dirt. We're not all about the dirt. Uh, but we I mean, the dirt's in there. The we don't want you to. There. We don't want you to think there's no dirt in there. The dirt's <laughs> in there. And let me tell you something. Yeah, we talk about it, but bro, the important part of this interview is the fact that he talks about it. <laughs> all right, we still got dirt under our fingernails. That's how dirty it was. All oh right? hell yeah, we look like botanists. <laughs> we got so much dirt under our fingernails. But let me just okay. say this: when this interview comes out, you are either going to thank us. Or you're going to thank us. Because this is absolutely wild. You had no idea this is what you wanted in a soccer podcast. We had no idea that these were the <laughs> topics we were going to cover. So this is this is our only request uh, to you guys that are listening to us right now. If you're listening to this and you and you can't wait to hear that Jermaine Jones interview, the only thing we ask of you is to share it absolutely with everyone you know. Anybody who not, who knows about soccer, anybody who doesn't know about soccer anybody who just likes drama okay that's what we need you to do because we want people to to hear this uh you know jermaine jones is not uh talking to everybody about this stuff so it's like it, it's really a unique look he's and he for whatever reason he agreed to speak to two comedians two stand-up comedians about his personal life which is insane uh can so he get a manager please <laughs> Just a, an assistant who could say, like, yo, you sure this is a good idea? And you know what's weird? You know, like, Jermaine Jones, he's been in, uh, you know, with his Instagram stories. There's other people in his Instagram stories, like adults, you know? And nobody's like, yo, Jermaine, 
that are in the video. This should just be like, yo, Jermaine, why don't you just like chill out a little bit? Like, you know, because maybe there's, there's a lot of heat on you right now. Yeah, just someone to go like, hey, maybe this isn't the move, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but no, man. Uh, so it, it's, it's we, look, we, we can laugh about it. It is somewhat serious. It is somewhat just fascinating, but we have a, a real conversation about it. So uh, Wednesday, January 23rd, it'll be up. Check it out. Uh, and and make sure to share it with everyone you know because it's a it, it's a really cool and unique thing and and we're glad he sat down with us and we're glad he was just like straight up the dude it keeps it one hundred straight up gully I'm just like all right very gully yo he spilled as much tea uh, this is this is the most tea that's been spilled since the goddamn <laughs> Boston Tea Party <laughs> okay and he even played in New England so we right? all right it all makes sense right <laughs> please so, this this interview is gonna be a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> so for today's episode, we're and gonna- just like when they score a goal, shots fired during this interview. I mean, there's almost too many things I can put together here. <laughs> okay, uh, Robert Kraft, greatest owner in MLS, right? We are <laughs> bang, bang, gang, gang. <laughs> so, um, so for this episode, we're going to be putting up the Alexi Lalas interview that we did, and uh, it's and it's great. And if you love Alexi Lalas, which uh, I think it's at this point only his parents, maybe. Uh, and if so, if you love Alexi Lalas, uh, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. And if you hate Alexi Lalas, you're probably also going to enjoy it because we talk we talk about a lot of the haters, a, a lot of things that, uh, especially in the last couple couple months, you know, that rub people the wrong way. Uh, and you know, we got to have a conversation face to face, so he can answer for for all his uh, uh, transgressions. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, so a couple things before we get to that. Let's uh let's cover a couple of things that we didn't get to a chance to talk about on Wednesday this week. Um, uh, so it's a couple some soccer news, right? And in particular, let's start with NYCFC. Uh, Yanghel Herrera officially leaving New York City Football Club to go and play in La Liga for uh, Uesca. And this is how do you feel about this, Alexis? I mean, you know, the rumor was, first of all, he's an incredible player, and I think that needs to be stated. Uh, it doesn't matter what, what team or club in MLS you like. If you saw uh, what it was like to, if you saw, uh, how, you know, Yangel Herrera playing, you saw the quality, you saw the skill, and just look at the record of when he was in the team for NYCFC and when he was out. So, I mean... You know, if NYCFC or if MLS is becoming more of a selling league, this is going to be what happens. You know, players are going to be springboarding. I don't know that Huesca is really the top tier, you know, sort of club that you would expect, uh, you know, players to be leaving MLS for. You would expect MLS players who, especially if they have a history of being in Europe and they're young and they're using us as a, as a bit of a springboard, you would think it was to go to one of the larger clubs. But either or, this is an opportunity for NYCFC to go buy somebody or to bring up one of the kids. And hopefully James Sands can uh, play well because yeah. so, it's got so a lot the, to uh, replace. So the weird thing is, as uh, and NYCFC Twitter has been a little more lively than ever uh, because and, – and look, I'm also kind of concerned as well as, as a fan of the team uh, – I think th- I think they're going to have a very bad season, or at least the first half of the season might be pretty rough. I, I, I you know, we're what, currently we're recording this on January seventeenth. They, uh, what we have twelve, thirteen more days in the uh, in the transfer window. I don't think anybody is really. Good. I don't think they're going to sign anybody for the beginning of the season. They're going to work with the roster that they have. They, yeah, they have a you know a, a couple homegrowns, right? James Sands, uh, uh, Scally. 
and and the the draft picks, the draft was another weird thing where they drafted a goalkeeper um, again, again, which is okay. I don't know if that's maybe they know something we do not. Uh, so a bit concerning. And this is NYCFC's decisions the last couple uh, or lack of decisions or lack of uh, I guess not. I don't want to say transparency, but just like really nothing going on. I think is leaving the fans in a bad place where they're unless there's some hot like how basically how was how is this situation the, the better scenario than just paying David Villa for one more year like as far as far as for excitement about the club like this seems like a weird uh, uh, just like nothing going on do you know what I mean I disagree I don't think that David Villa would have created. Um, any more excitement than he already has. You know, there was a bit of complacency about him being there anyway. Um, and I think, you know, I look back to when the team started and it was revealed that Manchester City were going to be the owners and everyone's like, yo, they're going to be buying everybody. They're going to be Manchester City of MLS. What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not exactly uh, what's going on. Uh, how, you yeah. letting, how you letting an 80-year-old dude from the Bronx who lives in Atlanta outspend you? <laughs> You're the That's- number two richest club in sports, or number one, Yankees are number two. But it doesn't matter. You got money, baby. <laughs> Go yeah. buy somebody. It's the very, fans want want a signing. Very odd. Yeah, and I there have been some rumors uh, of players that that could be coming, uh, and one of them I saw was Daniel Sturridge from Liverpool, uh, who who did play at Manchester City. So you know he's f- familiar with uh, uh, City Football Group and all, all its uh, and how it works and stuff. Yeah, he so, started his career there. Exactly. So. It would, like, frankly, when I see anybody rumored going to NYCFC, I'm like, go, please, anybody, just somebody, just so they could just have, like, a new person to say hello to in the locker room. It's it's really concerning. So I don't know what, I don't know what the strategy is. And it feels like they're on the, the you know, Reina and, and, and Dome. I feel like they're on the defensive for every every interview they do. They got to be like, no, it's fine. We're this is we're trying. We're doing like th- we're, we're trying different strategies. And it just sounds like, oh, maybe football, City Football Group doesn't want to spend money or like it, it just seems really odd. And, and I think it's leaving the fans in a very pessimistic place. You know what? And it sucks that they have to be defensive because. You know, you you want the beginning of your season. That's like when everyone's hopeful and everyone has a chance to win. And it seems like the emotions, uh, you know, on Twitter and, and on all the posts and social media everywhere seem to be so negative towards this club, negative towards the way it ended the season, negative towards Dome to rent. And I read something recently, which I wasn't um, uh, completely aware of. Uh, David Villa was negotiated to come to MLS sort of before the structure of NYCFC was in place. So the rumor was that he was originally going to go to uh, Red Bulls, but when the new team finally signed on, MLS pushed him to go to that. Now, if that's the case, then that means the only two or three DPs that uh, Reyna has uh, secured the contract of are Pirlo, Lampard, and, uh, well, four, because Moxie and uh, what's-his-face, Medina. Maxi's turned out well. Lampard and Pirlo, I think we can say we're a bust in total, even no, though people I, might argue I, Lampard wasn't a complete bust. I, I would say that. I would there say you that, go. Yeah. 
So you got Pierre. I would say Lampard was a half bust for sure because he didn't show up when he was when his contract started, um, and then he was injured for a big chunk. Uh, you got Pirlo, who literally did nothing, even <laughs> on free kicks. Uh, you know, the, probably the most popular vine was him doing nothing. He got one goal of that on a, on a free kick uh, on a, he scored on, on the Philadelphia Union, I believe. Uh, so that's not so bad. That was right. exciting. Um, Guy can then, produce, okay? I don't know what you, I don't know what else you want. We brought him here for the bants. You want him to score now? So David Villa wasn't his choice. So he's got Maxi Morales, which actually is great, and you got Medina, which seemed to have been getting better. But so far, I don't know that that's a passing grade. You know, as far as DPS, I would I would uh, agree. I mean, uh, I think the, the the as far as designated players, Villa. Did a lot of the heavy lifting when it come, when it came to you know the the how how those choices looked, um, but yeah, I, I will I, say, look, it's hard to replace the heart and soul of the team, and he was that. Um, you know, he was someone who clearly cared about the city and cared about all that. It's really hard to replace that, but you have to. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean? Some, somebody. Uh, there was a uh, a comment from uh, a quote from Domitarent, and he basically said that you know you know, about the roster. And it's like the people we, we're going to try to go younger and like that, that, that we want to try to bring in players of quality and replacing Villas is tough, but we, we need players that want to be here. And as soon as I heard him say, we want players that want to be here, then it start, it's starting to feel like Sunderland till I die, right? Where, where that was the main concern about, about the team. I'm like, is, is NYCFC in a place where like if, if they were worried about relegation, because that would that be a possibility? Is like the morale for the team down, uh, and, and and just it's just comments like that. I have never really you've never heard them in the in the in the last four years of of NYCFC. You've never heard of some of anyone really saying that we want players that want to be here because it was always looked at as a a, a brand new shiny club that that had you know Vieira and had uh you know quality had Villa and everything and now it's starting to feel like it, it it's not it, it's it's looking a little rusty and that's why yeah. and when you I hear think comments a lot of the like fans that, are expecting it to be a bad season now the only thing the only reason I have hope um is I forgot who it was somebody was being interviewed on some podcast or was talking about it on some uh video uh where they said that you know Dome had to blend part of his uh coaching staff with uh part of Vieira staff which had uh stayed back um, and, you know, they weren't always all seeing eye to eye or at least on the same page just because of the difficulty of sort of understanding Dome's system versus uh, Vieira's system and what he expected of each coach. Now, if that's the case, those little things, you know, that can halt your season. Now, I don't know if that accounts for, you know, the dramatic downturn they had at the end of the season, but it certainly can account for that. So, you know, maybe maybe getting an entire preseason uh, helps, but you're also down a few players. And once again, the biggest mystery in all of American soccer is why the hell is Jonathan Lewis not playing every game? <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, apparently he's been doing uh, pretty well at, at the at Camp Cupcake for the U.S. Men's National Team, and it's it's looking like he might actually get some playing time. Uh, I've I've read from what I've read, he's actually been impressing Greg Berhalter. So a lot of people have been making the joke like how. 
how can he impress his international coach, but his club coach, you know, just can't, he can't figure that out. So, uh, Who knows? maybe he's on his best behavior. You know, there were rumors that he was, you know, having trouble in the locker room or, uh, maybe just was showing up late to stuff. Like if maybe that kind of stuff is gone, you know, maybe he's just a year older and realizes like, Hey, I don't want to mess up this opportunity. You know, I hope so. Maybe he could be the replacement for Villa, right? Is the, that's not necessarily crazy. He's had a, like he, the, the dude can ball. He, he has skill. You know, he's not going to, uh, uh, you know, obviously he's not going to be a one-to-one replacement, but as far as having a confident attacker, I, I would almost argue that Jonathan Lewis is the most confident attacker, uh, the com- most confident forward uh, for NYCFC, especially when we don't know what's going to happen with, like, Yoenga Brigette. Is he going to go uh, back to Sweden is, uh, you know, you know the, 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 the level of play for, like, Medina and how much, you know, he, he's not the most confident striker. Um, so, yeah, the, the hope is that he plays more. And we, we talk about we talk him up all the time. And it's for a reason, because we've seen him be amazing. I know a lot of people listening, probably they, they're not watching Jonathan Lewis week to week. But the dude is really good. Uh, and, and, you know, he was drafted high for a reason. And he should be playing. Uh, you know, there, there's the, I, there's um, the I just saw an article on The Athletic about I think uh, was from uh, Mike Goodman. Mike Goodman. He he talked about the 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 title of the article is, is called "Managers Who Leave Top Players on the Bench Are Doing It Wrong." He's obviously referring to like Ozil, Mesut Ozil, and at Arsenal, uh, Isco at uh, at Real Madrid, like players that are paid a lot of money and and are just sat down uh, for because of either tactics or whatever. And I'm not saying that Jonathan Lewis is the equivalent of Mesut Ozil or Isco. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's the new he's the new Ozil. <laughs> but when you see a, a quality a quality player. Player, and, and and he is paid more. You know, he's like a generation Adidas. He is paid more than some of the other players. I I, I just don't see, uh, especially when he's bringing results. Like I, I don't see how tactically he doesn't fit because who else is going to do it? Also, he seems like the right choice at the end of games where the game has gotten stale or the attack has gotten stale. He brings this energy in. It may be. Maybe at this point in his career, he can't do that from the start of a game. And, you know, he sort of takes him a minute to get into the game or he's better coming in off the bench when everyone is a little bit more tired and his style of play is a shock to the system. Maybe that's the case. But I don't think that you there's not many arguments, at least that we've heard as to why he's not getting those minutes. He has the skill to play in Europe easily. And I'm not uh, yeah. saying that that automatically makes you a starter in MLS, but it certainly makes you someone who should get more than three or four minutes every seven games. <laughs> I agree. I think that's a fair, fair point. Uh, uh, speaking of another uh, player, uh, another young player that's uh, doing very well currently at RB Leipzig, Tyler Adams, uh, got his first uh, minutes playing in a friendly uh, at RB Leipzig, and it's, it's looking like he's adjusting pretty well. I've also heard that in uh, the, when, when Bundesliga comes back from their break, he will be in the 18. So uh, pretty huge for, you know, a, a player, you know, from New York uh, and, and, you know, came up with the Red Bulls and uh, playing in Bundesliga. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty wild that how, how fast everything is happening in just, uh, just a couple of months. But it's looking like they're going to really give him an opportunity and Tyler Adams will have a real shot to be a Bundesliga starter. 
I can't wait until, you know, we're at the point where, you know, an American player getting minutes on a big team isn't a complete shock. It is. Yeah. And I'm happy. You know, Alfonso Davies got uh, minutes over at uh, Boone and um, uh, Bayern, Bayern uh, for yeah. a friendly. But still, I mean, that's like, you know, that wouldn't have happened a couple of years ago. You know, a young Canadian, you know, a young North American getting getting minutes like that. So. You know, opportunities for Tyler Adams, opportunities for Weston McKinney, who's been doing his thing. Haji Wright, who's trying to get into that uh, senior team. Uh, I think he's playing for Schalke B. Uh, all these players that are out there doing their thing. It's amazing when they get starts. I think it's even more amazing when a player gets bought, even if it's from their, within their system, gets bought from MLS. Young player developed here, and they're immediately getting starts. That tells you something. Very much so. Yeah. And I, uh, I, we've said this on record. New York Red Bulls Academy, I can't think of a better academy in the American system. They've consistently produced players that have gone on to go play in Europe. Obviously, this one stands out as their best ever, but you've got Miazga, you've got players sold previous to that, and you've just got great players that they develop. Look at their system that they have. Were they able to bring in these young players from RB2 and from their academy and step right in? Yo, fam. I mean, there's so many blueprints out there, and I don't understand why other teams just aren't doing it. First of all, you're all a part of a single entity. You all talk to each other. (laughs) This isn't like secret stuff. You know, they have meetings and shit. There's like the NFL, the NBA are single entities, but they don't. They're not single entities. No, I'm saying, well, they're not. There's they're not give. They're not feeding each other information. So as to help the other team competitively they don't want each other to win it's not so much about tactical information that you keep to yourself but system organizational information that's why the single entity exists is so that they could share revenue so nobody loses too much money or what i really think is happening you know no one makes more money than the other teams you know they share some revenue and they also share best practices you know the academy system is a mandate well if it's a mandate and you're supposed to have an academy system why don't you copy the one that's the most successful? That's what I would do. Okay. Yeah, that, would, that's If you got fair. an important test, you sit next to the smartest kid. <laughs> and you cheat okay. off their paper. That's right. And clearly the New York Red Bulls are the smartest kid in class. We got we to gotta cheat off them. In third grade, I told one of my friends, hey, let's just sit next to Sandra. She's the smartest. And we'll copy off her test. So we did. And I didn't get caught, but he did because I changed two of the answers. Even in third grade, I was already I was already one step ahead of the teachers. Nice. But you want to know why this kid got caught? Why? He copied her name. The dumbass put Sandra wow. on his test. Damn, yo. I mean, I feel like even a third grader should know that. But yo, I feel like I saved his parents money. Don't even save for college with a kid. In a vocational school now. All if right. he becomes an apprentice to a plumber now, he's going to pick it up by eighth grade. He'll be good. All right. You'll save more money just sitting him in front of the TV. Okay. 100%. Yeah. All right. All right. Nickelodeon, that's your new teacher. Say hello. You're not going to know this, but in the future, playing video games is a viable business. So just let him play, man. Don't send him to school. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I think there's going to be there's a lot of promise uh, out in Germany. And Germany in general is I uh, they're doing this, um, and, and and I'll reference a 
a tweet that I just saw from Alexi Lalas, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He basically said that he, you know, the Premier League got popular by bringing in, by importing players, um, and 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 getting the the fans of those countries interested in the Premier League, which is a good strategy, right? It's why it's definitely why uh, Christian Pulisic earned a lot of the, 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 the that transfer fee because he's American and he's a popular player and more Americans are going to n- now watch Chelsea. Uh, and Germany is doing... They're, they're almost doing the things in reverse. Like, pr- Premier League is not... They're not really giving uh, opportunities... Uh, or it's tough to get opp- opportunities in the Prem for younger players, uh, young English players. So Germany's like, all right, we'll take them young English players. And you see uh, Jaden Sancho at Borussia Dortmund. And, and there's more examples of uh, just... Bundesliga just trying to compete with the Prem as far as popularity, and they're they're gonna they're gonna take uh, good American talent, good English talent, uh, uh, and, and and try to gain popularity that way because England England ain't using them, so uh, it, it's not a bad strategy. Bruh, I know that all these teams want American players so that they can break open that American market. But, you know, Bayern Munich isn't stupid. They have an office here. You know, shouts to all of our friends that work over at the Bayern Munich office. You know, Barcelona has an office here. All these teams have offices here. They're not stupid. If you buy an American player young enough, someone that has, you know, a lot of buzz, you're going to get the American fans to pay attention to your club, and that makes you money, right? But you're not going to buy bum players and start them. You only got 11 out there, right? So for now, if we know that our product is overvalued, let's start making money, okay? (laughs) Okay, all right? It's it's Bitcoin on a high, you know, the American player. (laughs) All right, it's it's an American soccer bubble come uh, on yo football currency <laughs> foot coin yeah, yeah right that's like what fifa uses yeah that'll be the new currency <laughs> how we uh transfer players you know uh you know you get like, bam bitcoin allocation money let's get it <laughs> let's do it so uh speaking of leipzig and dortmund uh there, there was a uh, some banter i know that you were enjoying the the you you would really enjoy that club to club banter and and it's my that, favorite that's becoming its own uh, sport, right? Like not just the, the the eleven, you know, not just the twenty two players that are playing on the pitch on any given match. The the the, the so, how social media handles everything. And there was a there was a little bit of beef between the the Dortmund and Leipzig um, uh, social media accounts because uh, our, our so initially the, the first one I saw was from Dortmund and they were making a joke about they, they were doing the ten year challenge which you've seen somebody takes a photo from two thousand nine and two thousand nineteen and to see how they've aged and they were they did this uh, to RB Leipzig and it was just like an, uh, uh, a just a blank image and then then the rb leipzig crest so because they, they they did not exist 10 years ago so i i thought it was pretty funny and then i actually saw that rb leipzig had already made this joke about themselves and so it seemed like dortmund uh I, i'm sure they, they probably didn't see it originally but they they made a joke about rb leipzig that they already made on their own so it, it very much reminded me of uh uh Eight Mile, you know when of when course. when B, B Rabbit goes goes against uh, Papa Doc, and he's just telling him like, uh, "Yeah, I'm a bum, I, I, you know, and I live in a, a a trailer park and all that stuff, and I'm white trash and all this." And then Papa Doc had nothing to say. Uh, that was uh, it was it, it was a, a, a poor look again. Th- there's there's their own strategy. This it's like this weird fencing on social media of who the, of this 
going back and forth, forth, and you like, gotta shoot the hostage. You <laughs> wait. I don't know what that means. Why do you why do you have to shoot the hostage? What is that? <laughs> you know, it's like uh, what was it like? Uh, speed. Remember, I think there was a movie Speed where he says like, if you're stuck in this position, what do you do? You know, the guy's got a gun to the hostage head. Blah blah. blah. There was like this whole scenario, and uh, forgot who it was. Said you shoot the hostage. I think. It'll, are you are you referring to the movie Saw? Not speed. No, speed. I'm, I'm I'm referring to the beginning of the movie Speed. Okay, you okay, shoot okay. the hostage. Right, I'm pretty sure it's speed. You shoot the hostage because it throws off the the uh, the the kidnapper, and then you can kill the kidnapper. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, you shoot the hostage <laughs> in the leg. You know what I mean? That's that's okay. essentially what self-deprecating humor is. It's like you take yourself out. Yeah. So, so, so when no you was, one can take you out. When you said shoot the hostage, I'm like, why are you gonna kill the hostage? I thought you were just gonna <laughs> kill the hostage and also kill. Now two people. No, are dead. no, no. We like, want to <laughs> maim the hostage. <laughs> All right. Just, just clarify, because if there's a scenario where I'm a hostage, please don't just shoot me in the head, because that's not gonna uh, clear up anything. That's no, not, not kill the hostage. This isn't stupid. It's shoot the hostage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we put some thought into this. Yeah, right? this isn't just some willy nilly idea. <laughs> So, uh, good fun. And look, it, it won't. It's not the. It's not the first time, and it won't be the last time that they go back and forth at each other. So keep you. You got to shoot your shot with these social media. Like it. Almost, I almost feel like because like we we joke around about other podcasts, and I mean really only one, right? Uh, but but we don't. It, there, there's almost like a little bit of leeway that the teams have where everybody sort of understands like oh this is kind of funny they can make they can they're playing the same league they can joke about each other but if there's something with podcasts that if you joke around about another podcast or you throw some shade people are like yo why are you so bitter and it's like no we're just having like a little bit of fun we don't we're we're, we're like weird it's like yeah i guess it's kind of competitive i don't know but it, it, it's strange well, like that Bournemouth made a video or a meme about Manchester City or Liverpool. Everyone would laugh and be like, ah, they're, you know, enjoying themselves. Some of the old school guys would be like, you should be out there training. It's a media <laughs> guy. Relax. It's like it's a kid with pimples, you know, handling social media. Chill. That's not the players. Uh, but, you know, if if we make fun of the number one overwhelmingly number one podcast with their own television show who don't even know who we are (laughs) and also conversely could care less who we are if that's the case that we get told we're bitter and we don't care about the game and and we know but they were important look we've said before they opened the door for us but we in here now (laughs) exactly we in the room in the corner all right we we stealing we're stealing like silverware I All right, get ready. All right, <laughs> bro. I'm so, gonna take this butt knife. I'm gonna open that middle desk drawer. You know what I mean? The one you don't want nobody to see. Okay, just keep in mind, there's gonna be way less dishes next time you do them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yo, yo, what happened to all the dishes? <laughs> and why was it when I hugged Christian and Lexus, their jackets were mad hard? <laughs> all right, yeah, we when we walk, we clink clank, clink clank. That's that's <laughs> yeah. just how we walk. All right, that's how we roll. We clink clank our asses out. Of <laughs> we in there now. <laughs> All right, a couple other quick things uh, before we get to our interview with Alexi Lalas. Um, we went to, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to, uh, about the MLS Super Draft. Uh, we were there. And it was uh, after, I think before, during, and after the MLS Super Draft, there were a ton of articles that were like, it, it, they were like it was like the articles were coming out during the MLS Super Draft that were like is the MLS Super Draft even relevant anymore <laughs> just uh, before the first pick 
<laughs> it was just so strange. It was like, uh, you know, it, it's clearly there's a little bit of pageantry and there's a, it's an important time for those particular players uh, that, that do get selected. Uh, but it was it was just like a, a weird thing. And now it's starting to feel like there is the future is, get you know, that the combine is going to be leaving uh, the that, that the MLS Super Draft kind of doesn't really make any sense. We saw the Philadelphia Union sell all their picks to uh, FC Cincinnati. And and it seems like more and more the 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 teams are focusing on their uh, their academy systems and and they don't see really see a, a, a pool of quality players in uh, coming from college and and or they might if just they are they get signed as like homegrowns because you could send your academy kid to a college yeah uh, you know they get signed as homegrown so you know there's really not or you know maybe Celtic comes in and buys them. It's not to say that there isn't quality in the college game. There is. It's just by the time they hit the draft, they've already been sort of denied like three or four other opportunities to be signed. So maybe to some degree, the draft itself isn't necessary. A lot of people are like, oh, you need the draft because then what happens to college soccer? I I honestly don't care what happens to college soccer. I know it's important for a lot of people. I don't watch it. Christian doesn't watch it. There's nothing up here that makes me want to watch it. I know UCLA and Akron and a bunch of these schools were really important for people. I, you know, you know, we Jimmy Conrad said on our show that his goal wasn't to play in the World Cup and stuff like that. His goal was to play at UCLA. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't really know college sports makes sense to me because I'm from this area. And it's not really that important here. Uh, we yeah. have professional sports. We we like our players to be paid. Yeah. Um, yeah you well, know, we, we talk about it with uh, uh, Alexi in a little bit more detail. So you can get uh, you'll hear his take. But we did get a chance to talk to the number one pick very briefly. Uh, Frankie Amaya, who got picked by FC Cincinnati. And Alexis did get a chance to ask him the the, the most important of important questions. Uh, and yeah, you, I mean, no one asked him a question this important. Exactly, and he's uh, he's from California. Uh, and Alexis got a chance. What what did you ask Alexis? Well, he's from Southern California. He's from Santa Ana, and he's going to Cincinnati. So I asked him the question that's on everyone's mind. Hey, Frankie Amaya, tacos or pasta with chili on it? Great question. I uh, mean. <laughs> You find me a better question than that. I I, I have not, sir. Uh, and what? And what, how did he respond? Well, I'll tell you this. As soon as I asked him that, he was extremely nervous. He was <laughs> not because I was there asking questions. Just throughout the whole thing, even when he was giving a speech, he looked like a deer in headlights. He's a he's a young boy. This is a he's, young boy. So he's, he's very young. nervous. He keeps his head down when he speaks. He's not you know he's not a type A at least not that we've seen yet. So when I asked him that question, he kind of looked up and got a big smile on his face. And he was like, finally, someone asking me a question like if it was one of my friends. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm not professional. And he looked at me and he went to answer. And then he looked over at the FC Cincinnati people that were literally standing next to him. And he looks back at me and he goes, uh, Subway. Subway. Which Subway, this- which I think is a sponsor of FC Cincinnati. I don't know. I don't know. But that's, <laughs> that seems like that was such a strange answer. I, I, I honestly feel I, I don't think genius. He got out of it. He did get out of it. Because you know, he but- wanted to say tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in their right minds is going to say pasta with chili on it. <laughs> but it was a, um, I, I, that's how you took it. I took it as like, I think he loves Subway. I think maybe Subway are his favorite sandwiches. First of all, if that's the case, then he's going to love pasta with chili on it. Because <laughs> the kid's got a garbage palate. 
<laughs> so I don't know if that's like the 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 food of Subway's the food of like champions and stuff. But it, that's how I took. I was like, oh, maybe he's just you know how when you're because he's a teenager. Teen we teenagers eat like trash. They eat garbage. You they know, they garbage. just they garbage like literally. Food. If mom is not home, you just go you go to the the garbage can and find whatever you can because cook for yourself. I don't want to burn down the house. That's how teenagers little, are. Little raccoons. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I will say so, this. This right here is the best press Subway has had for quite a while. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it went viral, that, that answer, right? Um, so uh, I, I thought, so it was a fun moment, and we, we got to uh, make the number one pick laugh a little bit. So that was a, that was a good moment for, uh, for us. So, uh, so best of luck to Frankie Maya in, uh, in FC Cincinnati. I know, uh, you know, there's, a, there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure, especially in those first couple games. I think they, I think they play like Portland, Atlanta, like they have, they have like really t- like their first four games are just like against everyone that was in the playoffs. So are they going to get a, a lesson real quick in what MLS is like? So, uh, a couple other, two quick things. Uh, and, should we, I don't even know because I want to. I want to spend some time talking about this, but maybe, we'll see how long we go. Um, let's talk about the Austin anthem because they we they the official announcement for uh, for the team happened. They had the the press conference. Uh, Don Garber, Anthony Precourt, and even our next guest Alexi Lalas out there playing his guitar, riling everybody up, and and it it felt like the. The backlash. It was, like, it was also like the evil empire if you're a Columbus fan. <laughs> yeah, and uh, th- there was a lot of backlash and people being like, "Yo, you ain't you ain't here yet. You can't be. You you're not allowed to be this happy." But Austin Austin fans, Austin FC fans, are, are this was this was the you know the 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 first. Uh, laying down the first brick of like getting getting the the team officially started. They're gonna you know they're gonna have a stadium. Uh, uh, and and but the, the the whole the whole show made the internet uh kind of just angry. And one of the things in particular that people were uh frustrated with or baffled by or ma- or making fun of Austin for what were the were two things that the. the the chant that they created a chant called seven four, which was uh, referring the to the <laughs> vote of them, them getting uh, them getting a team. Uh, pretty funny, pretty like it's this is this is what I'll say about whenever there's a new club, like in particular Austin FC are going to have a lot of issues because of how the team got there and the whole year and a half ordeal. Uh, so a lot of people are already not going to like the team. I can understand not liking the 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 front office, the higher ups, pre court, Garber, directing your frustration at them and being upset with them because because of what they put you know the you know the the Columbus crew through uh, through and a lot of soccer fans, even or people who just supported the crew. The uh, I can understand that, but getting. So I'll be clear. Getting mad at that, getting mad at Austin FC fans for like corny or silly chants or things that you don't you don't find very pleasing or entertaining to you, to me seems a little silly because it's always every time there's a new team, there's all it's there's always a couple silly things, right? Like NYCFC had the the Barney chant, right? And it was just like they they made a chant based on the Barney jingle, uh, and it was very silly. And then after like a year and a half, they stopped doing it. So yeah, uh, remember Atlanta United had the. Uh 
what was it? Watch your mouth. That was like a chant they had, something like that. Yeah. And, and you know, it was like four people like in hard hats and drums <laughs> singing off key. Yeah. In an empty stadium. Yeah. It, you're like, it's cringeworthy because <laughs> as a soccer fan, you're used to something that's a bit more established. Yo, every team that started had something like this. I think maybe the only team in recent history that kind of skirted this was uh, LAFC. Yeah. You know, they don't seem to, they didn't seem to get sort of that. That immediate hate. I think it's because everyone was, you know, sort of wondering how it was going to come along. And there were so many owners that were getting a lot of the media attention. LAFC had the luxury of they they had it. You know, there's a lot of Chivas fans, Chivas USA fans that were already like they were just like seething for uh, like a new they were ready for like a new team. uh, And they were they were they had like a 10 year head start on like how to how to be a supporter in in Los Angeles. So right. they they came in incredibly organized and that's why the 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 as soon from the first game they were already rocking cuz it was just like oh yeah we've done this before. So uh so yeah but I'll, I'll, that that 7-4 very silly probably a chant that won't last very long especially after the response that it got. But um, also they don't have a lot to work on, you know? They don't have yeah. a lot to work with. Like <laughs> give them, you know, the vote is part of their history at this point. Look, I just think the hatred towards it is I think the dumbest thing they can do is start trying to defend themselves. It's like, "Joe, just do what you do." Forget that there's people sitting there hating because they're going to do it no matter what you do. Even if you were perfect, they'd be like, oh, where did you get all this amazing chance from? Exactly. So, yeah, it's like the the banter is like a little, uh, I don't want to say unnecessary, but like uh, maybe uh, a little prejudiced, right? Like let, let, let them crawl. You know, before they can walk. Let, what do you get- think? What do you think of the L tree name? Because they're they're getting a lot of heat for that. I like it. I so think it's, do I. I think it's funny. It's just like, and it's clearly they're not saying el tri the way you say, uh, you know, in Spanish. They're saying they, they they sound like like people who speak English and are trying their best to impress their friend that they know Spanish. So right. it's clearly a joke, right? And it sounds and it sounds silly coming out of their mouths. And I think they're aware of that. Uh, but I like it. I think it's actually pretty. Like it's just it's. I think it's a little clever. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like uh, it's like any other pun or wordplay. It's not the best thing you're going to hear, but it's fun. It's fun. That's what this league is about, right? Dude, I mean, if we can't have fun, then who can? I mean, there's all these like, you know, and it's always like the people that are just like diehard purists that hate it. And look, if you're a Columbus fan, I get that you may never like the Austin Aztecs. I mean, I'm sorry, Austin Aztecs. Jesus Christ. (laughs) What year is this? You may never like Austin FC. I get it, dude. You might not. And that's fine. That's your prerogative, dude. That was almost your team stolen from you. So I get it just because of the owner. It's too sticky of a situation and you don't want to do that. If if you're not a Columbus fan, I mean, just you don't have to give them a chance. You don't have to do anything. But hating them for no reason is really stupid. These are just human beings who wanted a team. The fans have nothing to do with pre-court. Yeah, that's, that's basically I, I agree 100% on that. It's just like hating the fans themselves seems it doesn't really make any sense because it's counterintuitive. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, someone remind to- me what counterintuitive means, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> best of luck to Austin FC and and uh, and Austin Anthem. There's good people doing a lot of work to try to get uh, you know so- people fans of soccer more excited about uh, the team when it when it arrives in 2021. So, um, last thing we should talk about Marcelo Bielsa, uh, the God out, out in 
out in playing in the championship, the coach for Leeds United, uh, Jack Harrison's who, coach, Jack Harrison's coach. So this is re- very relevant to Major League Soccer because uh, one of, one of our own is playing over there. So uh, Marcelo Bielsa recently. I don't, so if you've been keeping up with any of this news, I don't know how much you pay attention to the championship, but uh, Leeds United is in first place. It's looking like. Yeah, this is. I mean, I'm excited because Jack Jack Harrison just scored a goal. I think last week. Uh, he's got you know him an MLS player having a real influence. Uh, you know, m- moving from MLS, going to the championship. Uh, he played for Middlesbrough first, and now uh, now at Leeds, and having a real influence in getting the team to the Prem. Like, would he? You think he would may even stay stay with Leeds if they if they get promoted? Uh, I don't know that that would be pretty interesting. Is Jack Harrison a Premier League quality player? Like, would would, would the team keep him? Does he want to stay? Like, there's so many questions. But Marcelo Bielsa recently has uh, been in the news because there was a game against Derby County. Uh, speaking of another MLS player, MLS legend Frank Lampard, who's the coach of Derby County, he uh, Marcelo Bielsa was caught filming the uh, Derby County training. Now. Uh, you might, you guys might be familiar with this. Uh, we've done this with uh, this has happened in the NFL with Bill Belichick and uh, Indianapolis. Oh, oh, no, what was it with the the Jets, the Colts? I forgot what happened. Uh, who who in particular uh, Bill Belichick was spying on that he got caught with? I, I, I think who it, I, I think it was. Remember Mancini was the dude's name. He was on the Sopranos. That's the only reason I know that. Yeah, uh, it, it, it may have been the Browns at the time. Was the one who. I guess he no, he, he snitched, Mangi- he snitched Mangi- on his previous employer. Mangini, not Mancini. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, there's a there's uh, there's a Mancini in Italy that coaches, but you're thinking about Eric Mangini. Ah, all right. Well, nonetheless, that guy <laughs> snitched on his previous employer. But everyone so, hates the Patriots, so who cares? Exactly. But the NFL has uh, clear rules against this. You're not allowed. I think they lost. They lost a draft pick, I believe, the following year because of this. You're not allowed to to film your opponent or in, in their, in their like in, in, at practice and all this other stuff. Those rules are in place, uh, in the championship or, or at least in, I think in the FA in general and in, in all of English football, I don't think there's a clear rule that you can't film the other team training, uh, for whatever reason. Yeah, but apparently he's been doing this for his whole career. He told the story about how, when he was at athletic, uh, Bilbao, uh, they played uh, Barcelona. And they, I think they beat Barcelona. And when he was talking to Pep Guardiola afterwards, he explained some of the things that he knew from filming his practices. And Pep laughed and said, damn, you know more about Barcelona than I do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's look. So the the reason this became a huge story, and they didn't, you know, Frank Lampard was like was was upset because they, you know, Lampard is also trying to get uh, his team promoted, and I think Derby County is uh, within like the top five uh, in the championship. So I, I clearly, uh, wants to win, and kind of blaming the fact that. His team was spied on during training as as a reason why he lost. Um, so, so so I'll ask you: is is ethically is this wrong to do in soccer? It feels like this isn't necessarily that much of a competitive advantage because the game is not not built on set plays per se, except outside of set pieces. The game is like much more fluid, so it's very difficult to even if you watch training to know. like definitively what any team is going to do on any given day. I mean, look, if you watch training, you're going to get an advantage, right? 
Okay. Um, and the last thing you want is for every team to be, you know, for, you know, a bunch of drones hovering over your practice. You know, <laughs> at least you have to put like the little jersey on on the drone, so you know what team is spying on you. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Cool. That's the rule I want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I, look, these things exist when I was a kid and I played, um, I played little league baseball. My coach had a spy and he would go and watch the other team's practice and he would come and tell all of us how the other team was playing, like what in particular they liked to do, which kid was fast, which kid was slow. And we knew that information going in. We were so bad. It did not matter, but we had the information, right? Okay. Um, and since I was a catcher for a big part of it, if I knew how the guy liked to hit, I could get maybe move over a little bit and be like, oh, he sucks if the ball's wide or if it's tight, you know, things like that. Um, okay. <laughs> so there's like, even at the lowest levels, there's always a, a, you know, a bit of an advantage. And you know me, you're asking me, what's it like to, <laughs> to cheat a little bit to get an advantage? I'm the first guy who's going to be like, yo, do it. Let's see what happens. If you get in trouble, just read a long ass you well, know, it, a PowerPoint presentation and well, bore it, them to death so you never get in trouble. Well, it is interesting, right? Because Marcelo Bielsa, I, I think, feels very much like you, but I don't think he feels like it's cheating, right? He's just like, this is, this is the work you have to do to be a, a good coach. And He's right. He did, he did, uh, uh, he, after getting a ton of backlash, he, he's been very open and very honest about his, his process and what he does and how he does this. And he's not like, uh, Oh, I, I didn't know that I could like, he's not that, he's not that dude at all. He's like, this is what I do. You got a problem. Like this is, this is how I've developed my philosophy. This is, this is the research I do. And he did call a press conference that, that it was even rumored that people thought because he called this press conference at Leeds that he, that people were thinking that he was actually going to resign, that they thought it was a, an announcement to resign as Never. coach. And it was the complete opposite. I think he, I think he went to announce that they just renewed his contract because yeah, he, hell yeah. <laughs> he, he set all the, the, the press in a room uh, and explain to them all the information that he gathered from Darby County and all the players and, and their tendencies and why, why he, uh, why the, the information he got, like he just explained to them that he, he, he did the, almost while we're talking about the, the B rabbit thing, right? He also did, he did the same thing. He's like, yo, this is a, like, you, you can't hurt me. Cause I'm going to give you everything that I have. This is all the information I gathered. Like I wasn't, I, I wasn't getting, uh, uh, quote unquote secrets or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, he's not finding out if a player is secretly sick or yeah. you know, you know, he's maybe a, you're you have like a an injury you don't want the world to know about. He's simply yeah. trying he's to a, gain more information. The, it's no difference than doing these game are tape. Frank these are Frank Lampard's medical records. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Okay. I got someone Here's on the what inside. You do. You send him a photo of his wife walking into her house, black and white photo from across the street. He's not doing that. Okay? He's not doing any of that, right? What he's doing is he's he has someone who watches their practice and he gets that information back. And honestly, I mean, is it so? All right, here's the crux of the whole thing. Is it wrong? By the letter of the law, no, because there's nothing that specifically states like, yo, you can't gain an advantage by knowing what's happening in that training. But the fact that you have to hide the fact that you're doing it for most of this time, or you have to hide the person doing the videography or at least taking the information at least gives you the signal that this isn't the most up and up, but also you don't want anyone gaining an advantage on you. So you don't want anyone to know that you're doing it. So at yeah. the end of the day, 
I'm not I'm not a big fan of like, you know, uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs or any of those things. But this this is a this is a victimless crime. All right. Not everyone would agree with that. Uh, I wouldn't I know, say because they're a bunch of narcs. <laughs> um, whether it's look, I would I would lean more towards uh, any coach not doing this over doing this. Um, That's ridiculous. Really? I mean, yeah. like then you're t- honestly then the next step is to say watching game tape is is wrong. No, that no, you have that's... to be there or something. No, but there's a difference. There's a difference between filming training and filming and and a game being televised. No, a lot of times it. they let fans into the into the training. It's that not like these trainings are behind closed doors. That is true. That if is you true. let in someone from Leeds, and who cares if they're dressed like a Derby fan or not? If you let in someone from Leeds or you know, Marcelo Bielsa with a mustache, with a fake mustache, <laughs> then but that's no, on you. But look, when we, when we went to the NYCFC training for the first time, what was the what was the one thing they told us? They said no filming. You said they said don't film the the training. You can watch it, you can't film it. Okay, so, and what if I watched it and I knew uh, like so much about soccer that I was able to take po- you know like cogent notes? Then that's and, on you. And another then, team asked me to relay that to them for money. Uh, I mean, look, I look. The rule is don't film it, right? So that's all I can say. I'm not. I can't speak to anything else. If you have some uh, uh great note taking or, or or you know uh, uh picture perfect memory and whatever, then good good on you. I mean, that's what all if I, can I say. take thirty photos a second? <laughs> well, that's that's uh that's. That's a that's a frame. So it's like thirty frames per second would right, be. So a vi- I've made would a, be a film video. Somehow, be a video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. I mean, it, look, it was an interesting uh, story. And if if you if you get a chance to watch some of the clips of of him at that at that like it, it was almost like a seminar. But he called like a press conference to to let everybody to let all the media know what he was doing, and it was pretty fascinating and a, a, a gully ass move, uh, if I may say so myself. So, Marcelo Bielsa gets the crown, and also Newell's old boys just named their stadium after him. So shouts to him. Okay, so it's clearly doing something right. All right. And by the so, way, they they the sign that says Marcelo Bielsa also has a telescope pointed at Central Rosario's training. <laughs> so just in honor of him, you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna build a a statue outside of Leeds, and it's just it's just gonna be binoculars. Okay. Yeah. Just him. Just him <laughs> looking over. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So let's wrap up there, and let's uh, let's go to our uh, interview with Alexi Lawless. We had a great time talking to him at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. So this this will be the first of many many interviews that are incredibly fun, insightful. Uh, some may upset you, uh, but that's uh, that's what we're here for this comedy show sometimes you get a little angry at comedians right that's that's the latest craze nowadays catalysts Uh, (laughs) so uh so we'll uh we'll be right back with our interview with alexi lalas right after this Yeah, baby. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We just want to give you a word from our sponsors, us. Us again. Uh, the cool again. So we, we will be doing uh, a lot more video content the next couple weeks because, again, we did film uh, the, the interviews that we're, that we're talking about from the United Soccer Coaches Convention and some other fun stuff that we did. Uh, so make sure this, this is just a little quick reminder to let you know to, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash soccer cooligans. There's a lot of fun stuff there. Also, if you, uh, you know, we moved to a new podcast host, so now the podcast is 
is on YouTube as well. So if you prefer to listen to the podcast on YouTube, you can do that. So feel free. Uh, but subscribe to the channel and get, uh, you know, we're trying to get uh, a couple more subscribers on there so that people will take us seriously because yeah. nothing <laughs> yeah. matters more than the number of subscribers you have. For sure. So click on subscribe and hit that little bell. That little bell will give you a notification on when the videos come out. So we got this great video uh, with Moxie Uruti over in FC Dallas coming out pretty soon. Hit that little bell. It'll tell you as soon as we put it up. And every time we put out a podcast like this episode right now that you're listening to, as soon as that comes out on YouTube, you would have gotten notifications. So maybe you're sitting at home watching TV. You can just pop it in one of your smart TVs or your Roku, whatever you got. Or maybe you're at the computer, you know, at work and you want to just play it on YouTube in the background. You could do that. That's right. So youtube.com slash soccer cooligans. Subscribe now. Yeah, baby, we're back. Hello. Come on. This is, uh, I mean, what an Always honor. Always an honor. Every single time, it's an honor. There's people yelling at <laughs> yeah. him already. It's gonna be a lot of that. We're gonna. This is the first. Uh, it's like a zoo. This yeah. is. <laughs> this is the first uh, interview that we're gonna have here on Podcast Row at the at the United Soccer Coaches Convention that will be heckled. We will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There will yeah. be heckling, and it may be it may be uh, people that are involved in the sport behind you know uh, like front offices. It may be former players. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone oh, seems a, to want to get at this man, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? you love him. He's the voice you hear at the beginning every at uh, the beginning of every episode of. Really? The Cool against ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you're our drop. Aww. You're our drop. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god, he probably doesn't even remember what he said. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, put your hands together. Even if you're driving. I normally say unless you're driving, but even if you're driving, pull over and put your hands together for the one the only. Alexi Lalas, everybody. Yeah, thank you. That's wow. What a that's a hell of an introduction. Man, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, said you, one time on our show, you say? said there's nobody more important to American soccer. Than the Cooligans. Well, I mean that's that's factual. All right? Thank that's, you. That's, that's, okay. that's the antithesis of fake news. It's the, <laughs> it's the realest news you can possibly put out. there. I'm glad you still stand by yeah. your statement. Absolutely. In true yes. Alexi Lalas it's fashion. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. What it's, did I say? I like it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, how are you? We're good. How's it going? Uh, Alexi. Yes, sir. Uh, how uh, uh, we're happy to have you on. Uh, we have to immediately start with the with the obvious. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, right? Yeah. You were. Uh, we are all excited that the Columbus Crew are officially oh, staying. Oh, really? You're gonna we start, start right, right here, baby. Yeah. Right we're so excited. They're officially they're staying in Columbus. Yes. Forever. Right. Nothing will ever <laughs> rip them away from from that fan base. For now, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely Easy. right. <laughs> so uh, what what do you want to say to some of the people? Uh, or maybe you've already said it, but say it to us. Because you were one of the few folks that were like, hey, this is just, you know, rip off the Band-Aid. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, make just make this happen. You're, you're, you're hurting them even more. Right. Uh, and uh, and look, what, look what ended up happening. Yeah, I, I will readily admit that I did not anticipate uh, an ownership group stepping up to the extent that one has here uh, and finding a way where everybody is happy. Because ultimately, this is what people wanted from the beginning. I didn't think that that was going to happen. I'm not going to apologize for having that opinion. <laughs> All right. Even if, by the way, you guys, you guys have been around long enough. We're in the business of having opinions. We're in the oh, business yeah. of saying stuff. It, it, it might it might be true not, not not true it might turn out to be true it might not turn out to be true but that's not a reason to apologize I'm not apologizing to Columbus or to the Columbus crew folks for 
doubting that somebody was going to come up and uh, make this thing into something very, very special and an ownership group to uh, to to arise. That's a that's a good thing. I'm happy. Believe me, this is this this has worked out the, the in the ideal way, one that we talked about. Now, the Save the Crew folks. Congratulations. Wonderful. Use it. Uh, use it as a touchstone. Use it for what it is, which is a seminal and a wonderful moment that you can uh, that you can build from. And by all accounts, the way things are shaping up there with the stadium and with the rejuvenation here and with local ownership, all that kind of stuff, this is what they have wanted all along. But yeah. I didn't think that was going to happen. But and, let me, and let me defend uh, Alexi real quick. You don't have okay. to defend me. No, no, no. Here's, here's, <laughs> he here's my point. It. Uh, you don't need it because the guy <laughs> does a good job of doing it himself. A man who wears a suit this nice does not need someone who dresses like I do to defend him. But <laughs> this, I will this say this. fox attire, man. It's, it's, it's not bad. Send me out on my own. Fox got good money. Well, I'm wearing fox attire. <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay. You said rip off the Band-Aid. Yep. You said... But why is that bad, though? No, hold on. But okay. you said, if you're going to do it, do it now. Right. Don't make these poor fans have right. to suffer through this longer. Because you assumed that Over the Hill was going to be negative news. Yeah. I would have thought the same thing. Why would you make someone have hope right. if there is no hope? Turns out there was. And that's there where was. you were wrong. <laughs> but I don't think what you said was, I hope Columbus loses their team. No. You never said no. that. Look, but they blamed you because you're they, the only one yeah. who had anything to say that wasn't save the girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but 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 no, but it's not like I came out and said I can't wait till Columbus moves. It's exactly. not like I came out and said, you know, those save the crew people. God, what a bunch of assholes <laughs> yeah. they are. You know? It'd be great if it's, they lost. You no, never said of that. Of course, nobody's so, ever. Why would on record? Because then, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the happiest you could possibly be, one being boo. How happy are you that Columbus got to keep their team? Like a two and a half. <laughs> this is why they hate you. Look at this. So, so, oh, come on. Think, I love think the he's not optimistic. No, yeah. I, I, I have been to Columbus many times. I guarantee next time I go there, there will be people that will uh, let let their feelings be known as to how they feel about me relative to the Columbus situation. But the 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 most important thing, regardless if you like me or don't, it doesn't really matter. You got yourself a team. And you got yourself a team in a different way right now. That's a good thing. It's, a, it's not just a good thing for Columbus and for MLS. It's a good thing for soccer. And this is going to be a story that's going to be told for, I believe, a long time to come, as it should. Because it's, it, it's a lot of work, and, uh, and I'm very, very happy for you. I think it is a watershed moment in American soccer. Okay. Because I don't know that this would have happened had this happened five years ago to a different team. A lot of things had to be in place in order for Columbus to be able to uh, keep their team. But because it did, the next time a team has the threat of moving, I think the fans will be emboldened to uh, try to support their team and try to keep it the way Columbus did because of that success. Got it. Got it. And we have Austin. Yeah. You know, and Austin's going gonna, Austin's gonna to get a team, and that is... Regardless of how this all went down, and we can certainly you know talk about the drama, and, and it will be part of the story and part of the the folklore when this when this Austin team comes. It's it's a market that MLS wants to be in, and yeah. it's a market I think that's going to be very very good. As is Columbus, and continue to be uh, not continue to be what it was because it's got to be better. Columbus has got to be better, and I think with this new ownership and with this new direction, it will be better. And that's ultimately what we all want. You can love or hate me or anywhere in between that, but ultimately I don't care as long as you are happy and you are. Are involved in soccer. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what that what Columbus can do with a downtown stadium and where the fans and the supporters aren't being hamstrung 
by the owner, which there was a lot of rumors and stuff going on. So I, it's exciting. I, I'm just excited about all the sweet business metrics that are going to be coming out of the new downtown stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see them spreadsheets, boys. <laughs> so, Alexi, look, yes, so sir. much has changed in American soccer over the last few months, over the last year or so. Atlanta, MLS Cup, 73,000 fans. Yep. Rewind a little bit. We missed the World Cup as a nation. <laughs> we did. There's so much up and you down. Don't say. Yeah. We're in we're in an MLS draft right now. We're here for the NWSL draft as well. The combine just ended. Where do you think the state of American soccer is today? And where do you think the state of American club soccer is? Okay, so I think the state of American soccer continues to be one of uh Self-analyst, uh, self-analyzation, I guess you will. Um, looking, and much more so than we have done in the past, as to what we are, what we want to be. I think you know, technology has made it a whole lot easier to communicate and different platforms out there. And everybody's got a microphone, everybody's got a bullhorn, sure. and everybody's got a, a platform. That's not it's necessarily about. I know, but it's <laughs> listen, uh, everybody listen to us. Yeah. We know what we're talking about. But, but I think well, we're, we're good at this. We're guys. trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out what we are as a soccer playing nation and what we are as a soccer culture, an emerging soccer culture, and one that's very different, very diverse. And there's, I take great pride in that. But it also makes it incredibly challenging and difficult. You know, I was talking to someone earlier. If I just grab five people from around here and ask them what beautiful soccer is, I'm going to get five different answers. Yeah. And that's, that's okay, but that means we're going to be heading in five different directions if we try to do something. And no matter what direction we go, four of those other ones aren't going to be happy. And that's, that's hard to do when you're trying to get an entire culture and one that is as unique and diverse as ours going in one direction. And I'm not sure we'll ever be going in one particular direction uh, going forward. But I think this has been good. I think this has been a good period of analysis. I think there's questions, whether it's you guys or anybody else out there asking questions, even if it's if it's done, you know, with wit, actually better when it's done with wit and comedy. That's why I, lo- that's why I love you guys. No, <laughs> yeah. That's why I love you guys, because sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. And yeah. I, I get I get a little crap every once in a while because I say it's it's just soccer. It's it's, it's it pales in comparison to you know, yeah, yeah. friendship and health yeah. and security and family and friends and all these different things. But it's, it is a thread that, that binds us in many ways. And we find a lot of those things within the context of, uh, of soccer. But it is just a sport. And we, it comes from a, a good place, this place of passion, because we all want good things to happen. We want our culture and we want our country to, to grow. And it, and it will grow. But it's going to grow in a very different and unique way. And that's not something to fear, actually. And you, uh, so speaking of American soccer and, and a, a landmark moment uh, with Christian Pulisic, uh, obviously signing with Chelsea, uh, this is one of the biggest uh, transfer fees ever in, uh, in soccer history, not, and not just American soccer history. What does, I, I saw, I heard you talking about it on your podcast uh and it it some people feel i, I think from when i saw your response i i, I think there was a, a, a maybe missing the fact that maybe there's a possibility that we overpaid or he was overpaid for christian bruce doesn't seem to be on the world market that value the the value of the american player because he is american right. we know he's good right but the the, the he, him getting more the, the transfer fee going up because of him being American and you know whatever that whatever that means for this market and everything, is that significant enough uh, to, for that to, to validate that kind of transfer the, fee? The question when this news hit was, 
It wasn't, uh, you know, is Chris, where's Christian Pulisic going to fit in on the 11? Yes, that eventually came a part of the yes, conversation. Yes, yes. But the first question was, why is Chelsea paying this amount of money? The different sides, people agreed this was, this was money well spent. People agreed, why are they possibly overpaying it? The money is a huge, huge part of the story. And that's why it's so important. Because, yes, it's a seminal moment for American soccer and for an American soccer player. But it's a seminal moment because of the sheer size of the money. This is big no matter what, if you're American or not. Yeah. Right? This is big for a human being out there. But don't think for a second that if Christian Pulisic was the exact same player coming from, still coming from Dortmund, let's say, and he was Greek yeah. or something like that, that, he would be, that they would pay $72 million for him. And it, in a strange way, the opposite effect has happened because for many, many years, being American and, and your Americanness at times worked against you. And... In this case, it worked for him. Yeah. And they recognize they have to continue to mine this American soccer market that's out there. And they're smart in doing it as this global super brand. I'm talking about Chelsea here and having a, a Christian Pulisic on their roster and a guy that you're not going to spend that amount of money if he's not going to play. A, a guy that's going to play. Exactly. That, that yeah. is a good thing. It's a good thing for Chelsea. It's a good thing for American soccer. It's certainly a good thing for Christian Pulisic. <laughs> yeah. uh, Whether Sari knew the transfer was going through or not, $72 million means... You start seventy three yep. million means you starting, yes. bro. Yeah. You're playing exactly. Let me ask you this: How much? How many millions of that seventy three would you say the American market is accounted for? This is good business. I think him as a player yeah. versus the market. So I think if as a player. Number. He would have uh, fetched just a regular player, a regular player. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> so I think let's say. $23.7 million on it. Okay, okay. Let's say. So a third of it. Let's just say it's a third. Still a big deal. What's it say? If that, if that, That's a pretty if big that deal. That's still the most for an American. No, no matter what, he would have still been the most because yeah. he's an undeniable talent that everybody recognizes and that every team in the world, notwithstanding the fact that he's not starting right now, would want to have on their team. All the big teams in the world would love to have a Christian Pulisic. So and, then by that account, hiring an Alexi Lalas to run out there for one game an American legend. At least, a, at least a buck fifty, buck seventy five. Yeah, I mean, at least, right? You could get a couple milli. God, that would be gonna have to run though. Could you imagine two comedians, one of which is so fat he dies during the game? Ooh. You know how much money we could get on Chelsea? Like a, a soccer snuff film or whatever. <laughs> I know I'm not coming out of the locker room at halftime. You know that's not happening. Why are you watching your games at on Pornhub.com? Yeah. Hey, why are you rubbing your hands together during this game? What do you what do you think is happening? There's so many talks now about the combine going away. Yeah. Philadelphia just sold all of their <laughs> right. all of their picks away for I think three bags of chips, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what do you think is happening? Do you think do you think the the combine and or the draft is important anymore? Do you think yeah. it has a place in American? I think soccer? the draft does. I think the combine doesn't because. Yeah, even back in the day, uh, we, we talked about the combine. We said, look, if you are coming to the combine and you're seeing these players for the first time, then you haven't done your job. Right. Because it should not be a surprise. It should confirm what you already know. Uh, and so I don't think the combine needs to continue. The draft is still there and we're still going to have it, it's, it's not going to have the relevancy that it's had in the past. Yeah. And certainly doesn't have the pizzazz and the sexiness that it may have had uh, right. in the past. But you're still going to have players that come through. I still think that the, the, the especially the college route. And I know not all the players are, are, are college uh, routed players, but I still think the college route is going to have some appeal and still can produce some players going forward. But it, it certainly has become less and less relevant. And that's certainly the way that it's con- going to continue to go. If there's any scenario where uh, a, a young player has the opportunity to 
go to an academy or like why would they play college soccer? I, I'm and I'm not saying that to say sure, sure. anything sure. negative about college soccer, but I, I'm I'm not familiar with right. why, why that's the best choice. So we have we have over the last let's say 20 years really focused on making better soccer players, and I think one of the things that has been a byproduct of that is we have. Um, not abandoned, but I think we have shirked our responsibility for recognizing that we're not just responsible for producing better soccer players, but we're responsible for producing better young men. In this case, it's uh, men's soccer. And these are young men. Is that true? Yeah. Look, <laughs> all right. Look, let's be honest. You got 11 guys on the field. Right. All right. I don't care if 11 of them are terrible human beings as no, long as they're not the don't. worst that's fine as long as they're not like criminal Here's i mean even problem. a little bit Here's the, you know, i want as a fan you want you want a parade man you as want a fan chips. but you're thinking of it as a fan all right but you are a human and you in this case are a resident of the united states right yeah okay <laughs> all right all right okay i don't care if my paperwork is in crayon it says i live here and i belong here but to to acquire those 11 soccer players that yeah. we can all readily admit are good okay yes. You're only seeing the tip of the iceberg now. So those are the 11 that made it. Behind those 11, let's say, are another 300 that we tried and didn't make it. Right. Those now 289 players now are then thrown thrown back into society without with very little useful tools and skills. Okay, because the soccer has come and gone. At the very least, if you go the college path. Yes, it may hurt you in terms of the development of soccer, and I get that. But when that dump happens, you have gone into a situation where you have had a unique experience. You have learned lessons. All of those different things that at times, if you are, if you are fortunate enough to go to college, you, you gain. And those lessons that you learn, I think that there is a value to having that. Now, that, does that mean that soccer is not uh, detrimental at times to players? No. And that's a big problem right now. But I think that they're, if, if the NCAA wanted to do some things, they could do some things to get the best of both worlds, where you do have that path and you do have that educational component. And I'm not just talking about numbers. And, yeah, and, and yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, talking about the education saying. of going right. and the social interaction. We, we talk so much about the 90 minutes. But we forget about the 22 and a half hours of the day. True. And I think we do have a responsibility. That's, that's just who I am. You I are think, who you are, but I, think I believe very, we do have a responsibility. I think it's very anti-Alexi Lalas's <laughs> tone to suggest that we should uh, coordinate everything to the guys who aren't going to make it. Right? Am I not right? <laughs> no, actually, uh, and, and watching your Twitter feed, I think you would love to have this, in that I am actually thinking about the masses, all right? I am actually thinking about providing a safety net for people, all right? People, and this safety net would be for these 289 yeah, players, 289 players. <laughs> that didn't make it as, as professional <laughs> soccer players, to give them tools to function as human beings. Because as important as a, uh, a, a professional career is, and as defining as it might be for myself or my friend back here, Jermaine Jones, all <laughs> yeah, right? Just it's still a small <laughs> period of your life. Yeah. And you got, as, uh, I was listening to Jermaine talk earlier about the transition into coaching. Once your career, career is done, kick the ball it's a it's a strange transition and it takes it takes time you, you have to change mentally you have to change physically about, all the different things how about so like a rehabilitation house for the kids when they make it <laughs> a halfway house for all these kids <laughs> you, get, you get to become a better person but then you know i don't care if you're a jerk you well, know? Look, i mean look i understand that i care about the future People of america a jerk. and i wait who People, what have you heard what have you heard i mean not the ones taking selfies with you <laughs> look, you you can do what you, you want to do but i i care about the future of america 
America, all right? And all obviously right. you don't, but I care about the future of America. <laughs> we got 300 that's, million. But that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> we got 300 million. I could, we could lose 298, all right? We could lose 298 people. Well, there are. I, this is the one thing I would say about college uh, and, and the players that come out of college and that are successful, right? We've seen Jack right. Harrison, right? We've seen Julian Gressel. Right. Uh, one year. One year. One year. There's one, look, oh, wow. <laughs> Coming in hot. Come on. Wow. A but, cup of coffee. So you think it's an aberration, an uh, anomaly. It's a cup of coffee. It's an, no, it's, okay. but, but one thing I find, and we've interviewed both of them on the show, and we do find that the, the players that have, you know, have had that experience just in college or a little bit, educated a little bit more, Carry themselves oh, a little really? bit differently. You don't think? You, know? yeah. you don't think they're maybe a little bit more mature uh, in the way that they carry themselves. You don't think that they maybe that socialization and that you know everything from responsibility from homework or no. getting your heart broken or getting <laughs> in Alexi, trouble or all Alexi, that kind of stuff. You homework, do not. Can I just say something, <laughs> Alexi? I have two. I have two bachelor's degrees in three years. Really? So everything you just said is wrong. <laughs> you don't I, think it's made you better? I mean, no, I mean, maybe, but it brought my level up to barely above a hobo who follows you home. <laughs> Why don't you care about working on yourself? Why don't you care that's about being a, the best version of yourself that you can my be? Waistline. <laughs> I ain't trying. You out here with abs in your 40s. I don't know how old you are. I ain't trying. Let him, let him be the good looking one. I'm the face of this franchise. Yeah, there you me. go. Exactly. Uh, Alexi Lawless, thank you so much. Thank you for guys. I love what us. you do. And uh, I just want to say to, to you guys and more importantly uh, to the Columbus crew folks out there, I love you. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you going forward. Uh, I'm not sorry. Yeah. But I'm happy for <laughs> no you. No reason to be. You guys are great. You guys are great. Hell thank no. Hell no. Fine. Uh, yeah, it's always an honor when you're on. <laughs> Alexi Thanks, Lawless. Guys. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much. All right. That was an amazing interview with Alexi Lawless. They always are. He's a fun guy to talk to. Great dude. Very lively. And I'm glad that we uh, we had the opportunity after this after that interview was recorded. We did get to hang out with Alexi Lawless and, and got to see him, you know, out in the wild. Uh, and, and we let great, him buy great. us tacos. How kind of us. Uh, so, it's not bad. 3 so, a.m.? Yeah. I mean, come on now. <laughs> so uh, I, I follow Alexi Lawless for, for all his all his bands. Whether you like him or hate you can Alexi Lawless, I, w- I would argue, is a good hate follow. You know, you hate you hate him, but, like, he's entertaining. Uh, so there's some value in that. So I mean, uh, if you're going to hate somebody, might as well hate somebody who makes it fun. And that's what that guy does. Exactly. So, uh, so that's it for today. Thank you again for listening, everybody. And again, uh, you if you ever if you see a Gully Squad member, you need to thank them for making this episode possible because they are they are the reason these episodes happen on Friday. So, if you guys want to support the show, uh, make sure you go to soccercooligans.com slash Gully Squad, and you can be a part of this movement and part of this community. Uh, we may or may not have a secret Facebook group where uh, a lot of fun stuff happens in there, and you know. We get to share a little bit more personal stuff, and uh, we have a, we have a good time with it. So there's opportunities to uh, have your questions answered on the show. There's opportunities to um, play us in FIFA. Uh, so we're we're trying to bring people in to you know get get that big old group hug going. Oh yeah, so, and look, if you want these episodes to come out more often and more consistently, and if you want some of our videos and other content to come out a little bit quicker. Uh, the more people that join, the better that's going to be and the faster all this stuff can come out and, and we can do more. We want to continue to do more. We want to be your first stop for anything that's funny and involving soccer, whether it's videos, whether it's podcasts, whether it's you know Instagram posts or Twitter posts, anything at all. We want to be that for you. And the more people that join Gully Squad, the faster and the quicker and the more efficiently we can get to that. 
Yes. So thank you to all the new members that have joined the, in the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, welcome aboard. We're having a great time with this. And, and thank you genuinely for the support, man. It, like uh, the I was saying, uh, like I said a couple of days ago, the, 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 the coaches convention and all this stuff, like these things don't happen uh, without your support. And, and, and they aren't as fun and exciting. We, we can't even it, it's tougher to do these like big projects uh, because, yeah, frankly, we just we'd we'd go hungry and we'd be broke. <laughs> Because we would focus on the cool against content over food and and surviving, so uh, so yeah, so that's it for another episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. My name is Christian Polanco. My name is Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The, the cool against.